0: no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Hey everybody, this is Adam, co-host of the Pretty Scary Podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. Don't worry, there's a new episode of Pretty Scary coming tomorrow. In the meantime, maybe you'd like to check out a new podcast from me and Carrie Martin, who you might also know from the Pretty Scary Podcast. It's called Celebra Tragic. Each season, we take a deep, deep, deep dive into the life and times of some of history's most tragic celebrities. The first season is about Anna Nicole Smith. And all you have to do to hear the first episode in its entirety is keep listening. You're going to hear it right now. Even better... If you get done listening and feel like you want to hear more, you can do that right now also. Celebra Tragic is available on iTunes and Spotify right now and will be on all the other platforms in no time at all. If you decide to give the second episode a listen, first of all, thanks. We appreciate it. Also, maybe leave us a good rating and review on iTunes while you're there. It helps. Anyway, we'll be back with a new episode of Pretty Scary tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy the premiere episode of Celebra Tragic. Thanks. We love you.
1: Welcome to Celebra Tragic. A podcast about tragic celebrities with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Carrie Martin.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to a new podcast called Celebrate Tragic. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Carrie Martin. We're your hosts. Carrie, this is gonna be so fun. What was it? <laughs> Are you expecting the Mariah Carey thing yeah. again? I mean, I guess we can make can it. Can we do Trim
1: Spa now? Trim Spa, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least for this season, I feel like we could.
1: Okay. Like my body. <laughs> This is a That's gonna be our, our outro. This is a spin-off podcast, I should say, maybe? Yes. From Pretty Scary? Somewhere between Pretty Scary and Mariah Carey.
0: Right. We did Pretty Carey. Right. Which was a Mariah Carey podcast, kind of a biography podcast, a deep dive. A deep dive with judgments.
1: So somebody I who think likes,
0: is a good way to explain or describe it.
1: I would agree. So it pairs our love of true crime. And celebrities and death and tragedy. Right,
0: right. This is a kind of a biography podcast about various tragic celebrities, mm-hmm. as the name implies. And when we were doing the Mariah Carey podcast, we, I think we teased a couple times that the next podcast we would do would be about Anna Nicole Smith. Right. And I realized that launching a new podcast every time, fucking nightmare, You got to come up with new artwork. You got to come up with new intro songs. Not for me. Mm
1: -hmm. So instead of somebody who just shows up, not for me either. Yeah, exactly. So
0: instead of doing a different podcast each time, we're just doing this podcast in seasons. Mm -hmm. And season one is about Anna Nicole Smith, who we've talked about a little bit on Pretty Scary. A lot bit, Mm -hmm. but not as in-depth as we're about to talk about her now
1: i talked about her relatively in depth on the episode about celebrity familial death in close <laughs> time proximity
0: one of the probably still the best episode title to come out of the unpops network
1: slash my mba mfa dissertation thesis
0: right mm. it was but we still there's still so much about anna nicole smith that we didn't Get into.
1: Well, you're reading the book as you did with Mariah Carey. And so, reading the notes, there was stuff uh, that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. I'm for the first thing that stands
0: out to me in researching Anna Nicole Smith is all of the available source material out there is mostly written by people who have an axe to grind. Either that or people who were so close to her, they can't really be. Objective about what was going on. Like she's the perfect person to start this podcast with. Like right. she is a truly tragic figure.
1: I mean, I don't think there's ever been any like serious Barbara Walters-esque interviews done with her. I mean, no, what you I saw was what you got. I
0: looked. There weren't uh, because that would have been great. Because so many of the books written about her, like I said, are written by people who have an agenda so mm-hmm. it would have been great if or there was money off of her yeah so it would have been great if there was like an hour-long interview just with Anna Nicole Smith but there's none of that because mm-hmm. she was one of those people that no one wanted to talk to they just wanted to look at her
1: it does make you wonder I don't see how much how much depth she has that sounds callous but I don't know. What am I looking for? Uh, maybe what her IQ is, was? Yeah, she's, how, it's... How much of it was drummed up for entertainment and how much of it was her? Yeah, the,
0: like, the the people who write about her give you the impression that she was just dumb. Right. But there's no way that's completely true. Like, the, the things she accomplished in her life are still
1: pretty impressive. Agreed. And... Uh, like, but that's also kind of the L.A. Hollywood story, though. Is you can take somebody that has an interesting backstory, and they kind of fall into celebrityhood. Sometimes
0: that is true. Like she, she definitely always wanted to be a model.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like we, we know that much. But the the way it all happens is pretty bizarre. And we'll we actually get into all of that on the next episode. But yeah the the books that are out there the there are a bunch of them um one of the most famous is called Trainwreck: the life and death of anna nicole smith and it's written by a woman named donna hogan donna hogan is the is a half sibling of anna nicole smith and this is her with another half sibling in an in interview on inside edition Back in the day, at the height of Anna Nicole mania.
2: Ten years after the shocking death of Anna Nicole Smith.
0: Or maybe it was ten years after the shocking death of Anna Nicole Smith.
1: I still wake up feeling like I got robbed of a relationship with my sister.
2: And that's not going to
0: change. is not Donna Hogan. Sisters, that is. Hogan
2: and Amy Chapman, who live outside Houston, are still haunted by memories of watching their famous sibling go from a voluptuous, fresh faced model to a woman spiraling out of control, battling her weight and drugs. Both Donna and Amy blame Anna Nicole's handlers for not letting them get close to their sister. She should have been in the hospital.
1: She was that sick. She shouldn't have been
2: traveling. Then came devastating news: Anna Nicole was dead, accidentally overdosing on at least nine prescription drugs. We were with Donna when she was turned away from her sister's grave in the Bahamas. In you hear that part? Seven. It's mm-hmm. hard not being able to turned able away to from go her grave. Respects at somebody's graveside. The sisters hope to connect with Anna Nicole's now ten-year-old daughter, Danny Lynn who's being raised by her father, Larry Burkhead. They hope that will finally give them some closure. Her aunts have this plea for their niece.
1: I'm your aunt. I would love to meet you. And um, I love you from afar. They do look alike. So I do get that they're sisters. You know who else they look like? Who's that? Hulk Hogan. And I think that's their real dad.
0: Yeah, that they do do have a Hulk Hogan look Mm -hmm. to them for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be their real dad.
1: Can we also just say the pinnacle is to get onto Inside Edition, right? I wanted. I didn't be... know
0: Inside Edition was still on.
1: Oh, it's not. Well, if not, we need to bring it back.
0: No, I think I think it might be, but I yeah. didn't. I didn't realize.
1: Somewhere, somehow, you know, Mario Lopez is involved. Oh, always, always. Yeah, the thing about Donna
0: Hogan, who like they mentioned in that video, she was turned away at. Anna Nicole's grave it's probably because she wrote a book called train wreck the life
1: and death of Anna Nicole Smith how can you be turned away like aren't
0: well Anna Nicole Smith if I'm not mistaken which I'll end up researching this when we cover her death I'm sure but I believe is buried in the Bahamas on like private land I know she's buried in the Bahamas next to her son right So, I think it's like private property. I think it's like private property, and you can't just. Smart. Yeah. Keep the fucking Hogan's away. Yeah. And uh, Anna Nicole Smith, for her part, claimed she never even met Donna Hogan in her entire life. She doesn't deny that they're half siblings, but you know how it... Like, we'll get into her family history a little bit. Very much like
1: Mariah's sister.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes siblings are estranged, sometimes, like, she had Anna Nicole Smith had five half siblings. So there's like people go live with other family members and things. And like, it stands to reason that she maybe never met Donna Hogan.
1: Did you happen to watch, um, the Kevin Hart six part series on Netflix? I think it's called don't fuck this up. No, but I've heard it's, I don't love him as a comedian, but
0: I've heard it's good as a documentary.
1: It is really good as a documentary and it's a super easy watch. It's only six episodes and some of them are like 25 minutes long, but it talks about his, uh, his, some of his misguided tweets. It talks about him cheating on his pregnant wife. It talks about the Oscar scandal. It's really interesting. Um, but he talks about how his dad was a junkie growing up and they show his dad now who's got COPD and, um, who is clean and sober and you know, they're trying to rekindle a relationship and he's like, you know, we're never going to be like super close, but he's still my dad Want to make the rest of his years, you know, good. Right. He talks about growing up and how great his mother was, but she was militant. And so for a while he went to go live with his dad and he goes, you know, there's all these like kids in this house. And he was like, you know, I've got all these half siblings and I'm sure I don't even know them all. And he goes, the first thing my dad says to me is like, have you eaten yet? And he was like, and Kevin's like, well, isn't that your job to feed me? Like, I'm a kid. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. But, I mean, kind of the same thing, where I'm sure people are coming out of the woodwork. You know, Kevin Hart's huge, and he's got a lot of money, and he's very generous. And so now they're coming out like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have the same dad. Well,
0: Yeah, you saw it with Mariah Carey, too. Hmm. We, remember, her dad filed a lawsuit because he, at one point, briefly mentioned there should be a, a mariah doll carey line. doll and he tried yeah. to sue her yeah for it. like it's yeah it, it it definitely happens i'm sure it'll be shady family members coming out of the woodworks will probably be the mascot of this podcast mm-hmm. we should have little plush toys made
1: like the russian dolls like yes. the russian dolls. each one is
0: just a different family <laughs> member asking for money that would be perfect another book that is out there about Anna Nicole Smith is called Anna Nicole Smith Portrait of an Icon. And this one, I, I thumbed through it a little bit. And by that, I mean tapped to go to the next page on in your Kindle. A, a Kindle. Sure. Mm. It's written by two of her really close friends. And it's mostly about their relationship with her in particular, which I think will be more useful when we get into like the Anna Nicole show years. Mm-hmm. But right now, like as far as her early years, it doesn't help us that much.
1: Real quick, and I know we're going to talk about the Anna and Nicole show. There was only two seasons. Three, I believe. Oh, there th- I, yeah, okay. there's three. I think. So I rewatched the Christmas episode because that one is my favorite, where she has little people dressed up as elves. Her cousin. Oh Shelly yeah, I bought the DVD. Singing. It's on its and way. Then she makes that with Margaret Cho and Kathy Griffin is there um, again. You say D-list into the mirror three times and Kathy Griffin pops up Hell somewhere. Yeah. And uh, but then the second episode I started to watch, and this was all on YouTube, um, was the one where she went to the dentist and she just kept complaining about how much she hated the dentist. And for some reason, inexplicably, Howard K. Stern is an emotional masochist who loves verbal attacks that the Anna Nicole keeps launching on him. But it was hard to watch, like all the whining. And I was like, I used to watch this every week. I did, too. I right. watched, I loved the Anna Nicole show. Re-watching was tough.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, we're going to do a bonus episode at some point where we kind of reflect on watching the Anna Nicole show again after doing this podcast. And I feel like it's going to be dark. Like, I, I yeah. feel like it's going to be kind of a grim experience. We
1: should dress up. We should. We ins- should. Oh, you tell me your idea and I'll tell you
0: mine. Oh, I was just going to say after I'm done, we should sign the DVD and like send it out to a, a fan in return for like reviews. Like, we'll do a thing. You leave us some reviews, we'll pick a name and send you a DVD copy of season one of The Anna Nicole Show signed by me and Carrie Martin. Yes, and endorsed by Trim Spa. Take that shit, the Pawn Stars. Mm hmm. Right? What? Tell me. Now tell me your idea.
1: We. Almost like yours, similar, we dress up in Santa suits. Sure. And then we drink whatever they drink. Right. During the Christmas special, which I believe was... <laughs> Trim Spawn Xanax. <laughs> and Jägermeister. I'm in. Down an Ice Luge. I'm way in. And I hope that you at home will join us. I would hope so. Build an
0: Ice Luge. Get at, it ready.
1: As <laughs> the one we're building in Burbank won't last long.
0: No, it won't. Not in this <laughs> apartment once it, once it hits May it'll be a nightmare so there are also competing books about the circumstances surrounding her death one is called blonde ambition and it's written by an award-winning journalist named rita cosby who seemingly has no dog in the fight so that will be an interesting resource when we get to her death the other is called the killing of anna nicole smith and it's written by a guy named larry Sidlin, who for all intents and purposes is going to have his own entire episode in this anna nicole saga because he was the presiding judge over this really crazy trial that happened after she died that was basically about custody of her body and
1: he is the do you like my corpse baby <laughs> finally lost the weight and uh, kept it off <laughs> <laughs> for
0: eternity ETERNA spa so he very famously was made fun of on snl and all sorts of late night shows and media outlets Because he is the quintessential example of why court proceedings should not be televised. Like, he was so very clearly playing to the cameras and trying to get himself a TV job, which he did. Mm -hmm. got a TV job like a year later. And it was just a fucking circus. And he wrote a book called The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith. So...
1: You get a book, and you get a book deal, and you get a book deal. Exactly.
0: And... As for her early years, there's lots of old newspaper and magazine articles floating around. But the book that seems like it comes closest to having a chance at being somewhat objective, and I put that in the notes, but it turns out I'm very wrong, is a book called Big Beautiful Doll, the Anna Nicole story. It's written by Eric
1: and Ava, I believe so. There's an apostrophe and a silent dollar sign.
0: Yeah, I, (laughs) I think it's, I bet, you know what? Looking at diva. it, I bet it's meant to be pronounced diva. I bet it is. You fucking asshole. What a bitch. Eric and Diva Redding, who are the Playboy Scouts who first discovered Anna Nicole as a model. How
1: do you get that job?
0: Playboy Scout? I have yeah. no idea. Right? As someone who worked for Playboy for a cumulative two years, I have no idea.
1: How? So did you ever meet Hugh Hefner?
0: I did not, but I went to the Playboy Mansion on Halloween one year and he was like sequestered in this area. So I got to like stand there and look and they go, kept Oh yeah, it's Hugh Hefner.
1: You and Andy Dick away.
0: <laughs> they kept everyone away. He was just surrounded by flocks Pussy. of women. Yeah. And then it was him in this like VIP section because they, they rent the playboy, the playboy mansion grounds. They rent out for events mm-hmm. and shit. And someone threw a party at the playboy mansion grounds and I actually, even though I worked for Playboy, I had to reach out to that company and be like, hey, if I cover this on a Playboy website, will you let me go to the party for free? And they did. The tickets were $1,500. Did you get
1: to go with anyone?
0: Uh, I took my girlfriend, yeah. My girlfriend at the time. This was a long. This was like 2010. Yeah. It was
1: my second time in Los Angeles. I think I went in 2006. 2005, 2006. And the tickets, it was just a jazz concert where he made a brief cameo appearance, and I was the only one who inexplicably got nude. Um, <laughs> and the tickets were $400 each. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fun. Like, it's it's an event. To be able to say I've been
0: to the Playboy Mansion was super fun.
1: Bill Cosby's firm was all over the walls in the billiard Mm -hmm. room.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You scrape it off, put it in a little pouch, (laughs) sell it on eBay. That's what I did. Right. So a lot of what we'll cover in these first two episodes comes from the details as relayed in that book, which, again, is a big, beautiful doll, the Anna Nicole story. So... Let's talk about her early years. Kind of the reverse of Mariah Carey. If you're listening to this podcast, I would encourage you to go check out Pretty Carey also. It's a rip-roaring good time. Maybe we'll probably do another. We have to finish it. Like, there's no way we... There has
1: to be a part two, because we glazed over Nick Cannon. We
0: didn't even get to we finished at the Christmas album
1: but I'm saying even like in passing we like we yeah. barely mentioned him and he deserves more than a mention he currently has a beef with Eminem who we're going to have on uh season two
0: I would not be surprised if we do a season about Eminem at some point on oh this I podcast. meant just a
1: guest to talk about Nick Cannon <laughs> on season two I'm right Gary. oh
0: no that'll be yeah that that's a no-brainer <laughs> but maybe he'll be featured here too someday so kind of the reverse of mariah carey where with mariah carey we know all the details of her early years we just aren't quite sure when she was born either 1969 or 1970 with anna nicole smith date of birth not in question november 28th 1967 born in houston that's in texas Mm. the rest very sketchy very sketchy details and a lot of that stems from the fact that her mother virgie hogan Really like dudes named Hulk, right? Hulk Hogan's mother. I think it's Virgie Hogan is Hulk Hogan's mother.
1: Oh, so he's sisters with With Anna Anna Nicole. Hulk Hogan
0: is Anna Nicole Smith's brother.
1: Okay. They both have stringy blonde hair. So that checks out. Exactly. The thing is she married two dudes named Donald.
0: She really liked dudes named Donald and Vicki Lynn Hogan. Her father was named Donald Hogan. But later, Virgie married a guy named Donald Hart, at which point Anna Nicole's name was changed to Nikki Hart. And also confusing, at various points throughout history, Anna Nicole claimed Virgie was actually her aunt, and that Virgie's younger sister, Kay Beall, was her mother. And the genesis of that story is fucking horrifying. The reason Anna Nicole thinks KBall was her mother is Kay went to live with Virgie at one point when she was 10 years old. Virgie and Kay are sisters. Donald Hogan is Anna Nicole Smith's father, was married to Virgie at the time. Donald Hogan rapes Kay Beall when she's 10 years old. And Anna Nicole Smith gets it in her head that her father impregnated her aunt... aunt and the baby that was birthed as a result of that rape was Anna Nicole Smith. And the cover story for that was Virgie raised her as her own child instead. Very fucking dark. And the, the rape happened. KB All was raped by Anna Nicole Smith's father, basically. But she was also like, I was 10. I couldn't give birth.
1: Yeah, it's very rare for a 10-year-old to have already had their period. So I can see that being the biggest caveat, I think, and I stand by the fact that Anna Nicole was hatched from a pod.
0: It makes more sense. Right. Because she's very different from the rest of her family.
1: You know what, though? If there's a lot of trauma and abuse in your childhood, you either become a serial killer or a Playboy model. So the fact that she fantasized perhaps, that her Aunt Kay was her mother. I think it's something you do when you come from a background of trauma and abuse. You want to believe that your reality isn't your reality, so you make one up. Right. As that makes you, I guess, feel more comfortable. That could have been what happened.
0: Yeah, it seems like that's what happened. And it uh, was probably fueled a little bit by the fact that when she became high school age, Anna Nicole moved in with Kay all. She moved to Mexia, Texas. I think
1: mean, it's Mejia. I don't. Because I, if it was Mejia, it would... You think there's a J. But I feel like I've heard Anna in interviews call it Mejia. Okay.
0: But maybe Anna's wrong, too. It flies in the face of everything I know from taking four years of
1: Spanish in high school. But okay. <laughs> and you very well could be right. And Anna Nicole could be wrong. But she lived there. I know, but I don't think that means anything based on what a dumbass these authors make her seem to be. They do
0: go the extra mile in yeah. trying to make her seem like a brain dead idiot. Right. And it,
1: That's why I was kind of curious. And I'm not trying to s- make fun of her or anything. But I'm like, I do wonder what her IQ was. Is she really that stupid? Or is it drummed up? You know, for TV or what? Like, that's kind of like her personality. Yeah. But she's really like,
0: not. Like with Paris Hilton. Like right. Paris Hilton's not dumb.
1: Oh, absolutely. But
0: she she knows when to act dumb. And
1: Kim Kardashian used to kind of play that way, too. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was very much about sex and everything. And now, I don't know, her and Kanye are, like, running for the White House. Yeah, so. she's
0: going to be our president someday. Good on them. She was by all... So, she goes... She moves to mejia texas mm-hmm. mexia texas she moves to, to texas where she was already living to attend high school by all accounts she was very unpopular in high school she says it's because she was flat chested and i mean yeah that'll do it you know
1: it will i remember <laughs> my breast grew when i was a sophomore in high school oh and they literally went from training bra to like a full c but like you don't know what to do with them and then Guys start noticing you, and I remember crying and telling my mom I wanted a breast reduction because I was stupid. You don't realize dumb, how yeah. much they're going to benefit you Fucking gold in mine. just a few years if you can hang on to them. Yeah, just stick through it. My guess is that if she wasn't popular, it's possibly more of an elitist thing. Again, I don't know. Maybe it was just a generally poor town, but she sounded like she's from the wrong sides of the tracks, and if people knew yeah. the history of her father raping her aunt, like...
0: yeah. That that could very well be. Either way, she was expelled in the tenth grade after getting into a fist fight with another student.
1: She seems like a scrapper.
0: Yeah. Never went back to school. That is the extent of her education.
1: I wonder if she knew she could come back, or does expelled mean like you're done?
0: Uh it's just I mean I think it means you're just kicked out of that school. You can probably go to oh, another school. Maybe she didn't know that. Maybe not. There's probably not a lot of schools in that town right. either. But there was a Jim's crispy fried chicken. You ever been?
1: No, but it sounds delicious.
0: Yeah, say on pops to your waitress to save fifteen percent on your bill.
1: Tenderloins there. I hope. God, that's West a Coast dream.
0: West Coast loins. This mm-hmm. episode brought to you by West Coast Loins. Mm. When you need loins, West Coast Loins.
1: Is that a loin in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? Right. It, it's a loin. It's
0: a loin. Eat it. She met and fell in love with a cook named Billy Smith while working at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken. They married in April 1985, and that date is why we're basing this part of the podcast on this particular book. Because I swear to Texas God, it's the only source that bothers to mention dates. Like for all I knew she met this dude in like 87, 89, no idea, like reading all these other sources. So now I have at least some timeline to work with. 1985 is when she meets and marries Billy Smith. And she she claims Billy was jealous and controlling and physically abusive. Which is probably
1: true. I feel like that's how Billys are, though.
0: Yeah, especially a Texas Billy Mm -hmm. at that age. And you land Anna Nicole Smith, who wasn't Anna Nicole Smith yet. But look at old pictures of her. She's got a face. Right. She's got a good face. She's always had a very good face. She gives good face, yeah. And so in 86, the couple had their first and only child, Daniel Wayne Smith. Because that always fixes a bad relationship. Yeah, I've got 18 children. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh she left with Daniel six months later and moved back to Houston with Virgie. Problem since those two mostly hated each other, living together didn't work out. So Daniel lived with Virgie and Anna Nicole Smith moved to a trailer park with her friend Deborah Hopkins.
1: So it seems weird that if you had this bad childhood with your mother where Your father, her first husband, raped your aunt. And my guess is, you know, Anna and her mother didn't get along. And so she had lived with Kay for a lot of her, you know, growing up years. (laughs) There's like abuse and stuff in that household. Why would you leave your infant son there?
0: Yeah, that is a weird choice. Yeah. And just the fact that those two didn't really get along. Right. But also at the same time, like as a mother... And I'm saying this as a mother. Right. If leaving the kid with Virgie is the better option, like I wouldn't fault someone for doing it because it's not like Virgie raped KB all.
1: Yeah, but it's also not like they had a good relationship. It just seems like an odd choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's that, just moving
0: back with her was an odd choice if you really dig into their relationship. Like they they just didn't get along. Right. And this ends up, though, being... Like it seems unimportant, but this is actually a very important detail because the woman she moved in with, Deborah Hopkins, who was a friend and a hairdresser, Deborah Hopkins is the one who convinces
1: her, "Hey, dye your hair platinum blonde; you'll be way prettier." Which could have went a lot of different ways. If it you sure could have go to platinum blonde, and you don't strip your hair first, based on um, past learnings for my own hair. It turns a rusty orange. Oh, gross. And falls out. Oh! <laughs> not Playboy material. Not even Hustler material. Not even
0: Gigi's Cabaret material. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, this was, this is the point where Vicky Lynn Hogan goes from, because if you look at early pictures of her, she's got like kind of brownish red hair, even though she would later go on to claim that her hair was natural, her breasts were natural, All lies, because the internet wasn't quite the thing it is now, so we couldn't verify these things. But this is the point where she goes platinum blonde and then immediately becomes a stripper. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you do with the platinum blonde hair when you're in... You're not going to keep working at a chicken place. Mahixia, Texas. Mahia. Mahia, Texas. And interesting twist. The book mentions that Houston is just absolutely littered with dive bar type strip clubs but the one vicky lynn hogan smith ended up at was actually pretty nice it was called rick's cabaret it does sound nice and they describe it in the book as faux mansion decor with chandeliers and carpeting good food and liquor and dancers who are truly beautiful
1: we should do one remote episode where we go and live pod from different strip clubs she worked in in houston
0: here's the thing carrie because i owe the irs so much money i'm very bitter and i am determined to write off my entire life in 2020 so i will absolutely book us a trip to texas to do that
1: i was waiting for your butt to be a bad butt like no no, i'm not gonna take you to any strip club we will
0: pod about it and every dime we spend i'm going to write off on my taxes okay i'm all for it
1: no it's a good thing you threw that out there in the ether uh,
0: <laughs> so this club was frequented by a lot of rich and powerful types, including OJ Simpson. So she dodged a bullet there. She didn't start at Rick's though. You have to work your way up to something like that, Carrie. I would assume. First, she worked at a place brilliantly named Executive Suites.
1: That's like there's a strip club. So my territory for work is right by LAX and there's a strip club called Jet Strip, aptly named. That's pretty great. And
0: judging from the people interviewed in this book, her fellow employees at Executive Suites were a bunch of misogynistic dirtbags. Did you see that movie Hustlers? Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh,
1: I liked it, but they talk about when you're a stripper, there's all these people you have to tip out. So what you actually take home for your work sometimes can be minimal.
0: Right. That makes... Yeah, I remember that. And... Yeah, that makes sense, mm-hmm. and it kind of sheds a little light on like this. I didn't put it in the notes, but they talk about her like having oral sex with the club DJ, mm-hmm. and it's As like, you should.
2: well, it's like if
0: you got to pay the guy, fucking blow him instead. Oh, why why not? was an or situation. That's the it thing. Wasn't an this and
1: situation.
0: Uh, this whole section of the book. There's all the. This is the part of the book where I really started to sour on the people writing the book Mm -hmm. there's all these allegations that she was using a bunch of drugs and sleeping with clients on the side she is a stripper in texas in the fucking 80s of course she's doing drugs.
1: Yeah, I think everybody
0: in the 80s did drugs. And all these people they interview are so fucking self-righteous about it. And it's like, you're the fucking DJ at a strip club. You took that blowjob from her. How fucking ethical are you, you goddamn bag? Yeah. And it's all, like, I'm sure she was the only one doing drugs. Like, fucking come on. She's the only one that was ambitious. Fuck you, and fuck the people writing this book. I mean,
1: I would hope that you weren't stripping the 80s sober.
0: Yeah, and of course you're trying to get ahead in your career. You want to yeah. be a stripper until you retire? It doesn't happen.
1: I would think there's a a time when you've got to stop stripping and hang up your heels.
0: Yeah, you want to plan for the future, and if that means you got to blow a 90-year-old, do it.
1: Cardi B was a stripper. Right, Look and a criminal. Eh, what?
0: She, like, admitted to, like... uh she would sometimes tie a dude to a bed and rob him. Good for her. I feel like that's very entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah. But still. And, and yeah, they, they treat all of this stuff like it's exclusive to her. And you fucking know it's not. But either way, she eventually got good enough at her job to earn a daytime slot at Rick's. And she was pretty enough that uh, the club owner, Dallas Fontenot, which is the most strip club owner name in the history of strip clubs included her in their 1989 calendar twist the picture of her. She's leaning over a car and the pictures taken from the back because also the reason she didn't have any night shifts at Rick's still didn't have them titties. Yeah.
1: I mean, I can, so that's a good tool for your trade. Yeah. Yeah. Have it,
0: but it's also a testament to her that she was already dancing at Rick's without that rack.
1: Like, have you been to a strip club? Of course. Okay. Well, I yeah. know I know people who haven't, and it's also somebody who's an ingenue, ingenue of uh, a strip clubs, uh, and I like off hours. I like off hours. I like a lot of
0: eye contact when I'm getting a dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like Sundays at three p.m. I like a buffet at a strip club. It's deaf, not their varsity squad, and that's fine. It's just basically a pack of blonde Asians, and then I just sit at the rail and. Ask them questions about their life. Yeah. Get to know you session, if you will. I like a strip club. And typically there's not a lot of people there. That's what I like.
0: Who doesn't like a strip club?
1: Yeah. I remember when I went to New Orleans and uh, this one stripper, she was at the top and then she went to the bottom and did the splits. And in the middle of that, I believe when she was at the top, she took a match, and like two matches, split them off, put them over her nipples, lit them on fire and then slid to the bottom. That's art. It, right? And so afterwards, I walked up to her, and I was like, by the way, you were really good. Uh, could I buy you a drink? And she's like, could you just give me money instead? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I That didn't occur to me, but sure. Very fair. And here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, she,
0: she was uh, working at Rick's, but only during the day, because she didn't have- Dem titties didn't have dem titties, according to Anna Nicole Smith. the The legend she pushed while she was alive was that her breasts happened because she gained a bunch of weight when she had her first kid, and then lost a bunch of weight, but the 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 titty weight stayed.
1: So, at what point did she have Daniel while she was stripping? Uh, nineteen
0: eighty six. We just mentioned it. She had it with had it had him with. Uh, Billy Smith, the cook she met at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken.
1: Okay, so she didn't have tits when she was took the picture at Rick's stripping. Right. But then she had Daniel and got-
0: Well, what in. I'm saying is she lied. She she lied. Well, when I'm she catching be- her in this lie. When she became famous. what I'm saying,
1: Adam. I caught her. You did. <laughs>
0: we caught her. We got her. <laughs> we did her. We, we did fi- it. We took her down. <laughs> fin- finally, someone takes down Anna Nicole Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was always her story when she was famous. Here is the
1: other thing: if you breastfeed, then you get flat titties, mm. like National Geographic's,
0: right? Mm. So she was lying.
1: Yeah, and you can tell. I mean, they're just way too perky. Oh yeah. Well, to not be anything. According to
0: this book, and what seems way more likely is she used her stripper earnings to. Get breast augmentation surgery.
1: Yeah, I think there was a paragraph in that book about O.J. Simpson actually gave her her breast implants. Right. Yeah. In Brentwood. Yeah,
0: she didn't want them. He just <laughs> snuck up on her and gave them to her. His first crime. Uh, whatever the case, this is the point where her topless dancer career really starts to thrive. For some reason, I don't know why, but around this time, she starts dancing at a club called Gigi's and meets a fellow dancer named april story richardson there's a really weird story regarding this where april and her husband drive anna nicole to the airport at one point and anna nicole is so drunk she is in the back seat and reaches into the front seat and just grabs april story richardson's husband's dick Mm -hmm. and it's played off like No one really said anything. Anna got on her flight. But then they mention shortly after that, the marriage ended and he moved out and Anna Nicole Smith moved in with her. And this is the point in the book where all the lesbian allegations start. She seems very lesbianic. She does. And another thing I resent about this book and Here's the thing about this book. It was written while she was still alive. They updated it after she died, but this book was written kind of at the height of her fame, which means it was written in the 90s when it was still okay to write a book and act like someone liking girls who was also a girl was scandalous. And that's very much how they treat this. Like, can you believe she was sleeping with women? She was a stripper in Texas in the eighties. She's surrounded by beautiful women. They're all closet lesbians in the eighties. Yeah. Did you see the shoulder pads? And one of the, one of the things they suggest in here, as if it's scandalous, is that she would date men and basically use them for money and then spend that money on her girlfriends. And it's like, Cool. When did she get Daniel back? Well, I, I, Virgie didn't take Dan, like didn't take right. custody. He just lived there, so I don't think she ever lost custody of him. And they were in the same town, so he was just living there while she was. But I'm sure Off. she like saw him,
1: right? Uh, I'm not trying to paint her as a bad mother, but in the Anna Nicole show, they're so close, and he lives with her. So I'm just curious, at what point, you know, she's spending money? It wasn't this point, yeah.
0: So yeah, lots of lots of talk about her uh preferring women over men and that she would get money from men and give it to her girlfriends and fucking
1: good. And then you wrote in all caps. Hot, hot it
0: is hot. It's very hot. But Gigi's is where Anna Nicole meets J. Howard Marshall the second. Dude was rich. Here is what I did not know about j howard marshall ii's wealth he owned eight percent of coke industries that coke industries the coke brothers republican nightmares the coke brothers he owned eight percent what do they make the coke brothers they're oil they're oil people above Mm. all else but they're also the coke brothers are super politically active and politically active on the right mostly they are seen as basically villains in the united states by a whole lot of people and that's the money she was marrying into and i never I, I never knew that in this book they don't like at the time the Koch brothers aren't who they are now so it wasn't that big of a deal but i found that part really interesting his net worth was estimated to be anywhere between 400 million to three billion dollars oh, that's fuck you money and the thing about jay howard marshall his backstory is pretty crazy too beyond the fact that his money was coke brother's money he was married for years to a woman named betty who eventually came down with alzheimer's
1: now how many times was he married like was that the mother of his children y- yes
0: i think betty was his first marriage but while he was married to betty she comes down with alzheimer's and is a a completely different person obvs and at this point he takes up a mistress a woman named lady who was also a stripper he had a type but didn't become one until she was in her early 40s inspirational
1: much means we can become strippers right i say we apply when we're out there doing our podcast. Yeah. So that way we can really get into the true essence of what Anna Nicole went through.
0: Which one of us has to blow the DJ?
1: Uh, we bro Shambo for it.
0: Both? Maybe we both. <laughs> Same time.
1: Alternate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That sounds right. Two hosts, one dick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll film it. Bone con. Marshall bought ba- lady cars and houses and very importantly, at one point told his son Pierce that should he die? Lady was to be taken care of financially, so not murdered. He wouldn't marry her, though, because he didn't want to leave his ailing wife while she was ailing, which that's fair. That seems like like if you're going to go out and get a mistress, don't at least don't do the Newt Gingrich thing and like divorce your wife while she's dying of cancer in the hospital.
1: Would it matter, though? You know, like they could still be friends. I mean, how is that the honorable thing? I don't know yeah, right. That's like big money problems,
0: but because of this, Lady wouldn't let Marshall in the house he bought her. and
1: she also took up with a she boyfriend didn't want to? And that gave her an excuse right. she she
0: took up a boyfriend of her own, a security guard named Dale Clem. Marshall found out about Clem after Lady died on the operating table while say it with me. getting,
1: getting breast, breast augmentation, augmentation surgery. surgery.
0: Of course. Just like Kanye West's mom, interestingly enough. And Joan
1: Rivers. What? (laughs) What? What happened? Wait, was Kanye West's mom getting titties? I believe so, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, she was getting... I think that's the cosmetic surgery she was getting.
1: Okay.
0: In her will... Let's just have him on and ask him. We will. In her will, she left her estate, which was $5.8 million that she mostly got from Marshall, uh, mostly to her kids, except for a diamond bracelet, a truck and a poodle named fancy all of which were left to her boyfriend dale clem and this is the point where Jay howard marshall finds out she had another boyfriend and he was not impressed he filed a lawsuit to get back all the money he spent on lady arguing he gave those gifts to her and not to her kids and her boyfriend in court he testified that she gave the impression that she was with him exclusively and because she lied Was no longer entitled to any part of his estate. Kind of a stupid argument, but Lady's estate didn't have the resources to keep fighting. So the Marshall estate won in court and he got most of his money back. Except here's the rub way before this went to court, before Lady even died, Howard Marshall had already met and started a relationship with Anna Nicole Smith. So he was just being a butt hurt fucking hypocrite.
1: That's uh, how most guys are. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. most guys with money. Especially
0: someone with that much money. Right. Like, that's that's the definition of fuck you money. Like, that is him spending fuck you money. hmm Filing and that lawsuit. And then
1: it. Yeah. And then spending well, no, it again. Well,
0: no, spending the lawsuit money is him spending fuck you money. Right. Like, the, the $5.8 million was him spending I want to fuck you money.
1: So, I didn't know a whole lot about Jeffrey Edward Epstein. And then they had, I think it was on 2020... They just had like a two-hour special on him, and they're talking about how he was, you know, a billionaire, and he had all these islands and all the girls that he molested, etc. And then they showed some of his depositions, and they talk about what a narcissist he was, and how these high-powered attorneys and even, I believe, the attorney general, and then uh, somebody who worked under Jose Gonseco, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, he worked under Donald Trump, I believe, Secretary of State.
0: I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? Where are we going?
1: So they were just talking about how there are these high-powered officials and essentially when these rape allegations were brought up against, and kidnapping charges were brought up against Epstein, um, that essentially they were all gung-ho at the beginning and then all of a sudden the charges just kind of trickled away and when the girls who were molested who were like, yeah, we want to go to court and like testify and watch and they're like, oh no, 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 this just settled out of court. Oh, yeah. He, he just did one charge of kidnapping and one charge of something else and he got like, I don't know, a year in like a county jail where he also got work release and it, it just money buys you things.
0: It definitely does. And in this case, it buys you time with Anna Nicole Smith. Mm. Uh, they met after he stopped in for lunch at Gigi's Cafe. He had lunch at a strip club because when you're rich, you throw money at naked women while you eat food. It's what you do mm-hmm. or you don't get full. Every time he'd meet her at Gigi's for lunch, he'd give her anywhere between 500 to 2000 thousand dollars but at first their relationship was just that him giving her money at the strip club whenever he showed up around the same time she met him something equally important happens she responds to an ad in health and fitness magazine and it completely changes her life and that's what we're talking about on the next episode but for now she met jay howard marshall II. second so this seems like a good place to stop this is a thing that'll come up later in the series of episodes about anna nicole but i want to ask the question now what do you think about her argument that she didn't marry j howard marshall until she was famous and had money of her own does that make it better i kind of think because the allegation was always that she was a gold digger who was just after her money and like with kirk take kirk cobain for example Whenever it's mentioned that he was maybe murdered and that Courtney Love maybe would have done it, maybe would have had a financial motive to have him murdered, people are like, "Mm mm-mm, Courtney Love has money of her own. No, she didn't. At that time, the whole album that everyone knows and loves wasn't even out yet. Courtney Love had Kurt Cobain's money. Anna Nicole Smith, on the other hand, by the time she marries J. Howard Marshall, she's already Anna Nicole Smith. She's already rich. Like, she's already a guest model. She's been in Playboy. She's been in movies. That's when she decides to marry J. Yeah, Howard Marshall.
1: But if you don't know if your career is going to be fleeting, and here's a guy with a lot more money than you have, and essentially like a good reputation, you know, he comes from, like, oil and... Yeah, but also that was... It gives you more longevity. It certainly does. It's definitely... And you know he doesn't have long. Right. And I... Don't know if it was mentioned in the book where they talk about the relationship where he was so old, like he would like wet himself and stuff. And she definitely kept her distance. And I think the most she ever really did was like kiss him.
0: But that was his thing. Like wetting he, his pants. Well, no, he knew by this point, And I think it probably extended to his relationship with Lady, too, who was like she was in her 40s. But it's not like she was an old woman compared to him. Like he couldn't fuck. He was mm. too old. Like he liked watching two women go at it, and like so at that point, what do you want her to do? Like she can't fuck him because he can't fuck. So they can like kiss a little bit, and she can go down on a stripper, and he can watch. So then what? And would that's be- how he wanted to end his fucking life. Right. But what would hit? I'm determined his- to start doing heroin if I hit ninety. I mean, that's really the time. Yeah. What would be his
1: incentive for getting married?
0: He gets to see Anna Nicole Smith go down on.
1: But you don't have to get married for that, you know, like you probably yeah. could throw money her way and not get married because then what it did, and I'm sure he's smart enough as a businessman to know this, things get weird in court. I mean, he just went through his own thing with Lady's boyfriend. So, and it, it played out with his kids fighting her for years.
0: Yeah, for Wasting a long time. all
1: that money and a huge back and forth about who the money should go to, unless he's just a pot stirrer and he wanted the drama. He's laughing from above or below or wherever he's at. He was a fucking character. Yeah. That's for sure. And like. I feel like a lot of rich people are eccentric. Oh, yeah. Like at
0: some point you got to. You're going to get bored having that much money. Like you're like you can do anything, anything you want. You Mm -hmm. can go out and do it. And like shit's going to get wild. Like imagine if either of us had half a billion dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I won the lottery, you're hosting this podcast with Jeff from now on. (laughs) And Jet. Yeah. You're in heaven and I'm in hell. Yeah. Like, this whole thing. (laughs) Like, I'm going to write someone's... whole shebang. This whole thing goes to someone else, and I go to my tower. Okay. And that's where I spend the rest of my days. I
1: mean, technically, you don't have to have this podcast at all unless you want some sort of legacy. To
0: have a tower, I do. Uh, Well, if I win the lottery, then no. Yeah. So then, yeah. Right. then my legacy is the way I spend my money.
1: I could see you being Which one of those assholes that gives all your money to like... A cat or a dog. Winter. winter.
0: That We're putting a a long life expectancy on winter or a short one on me. Probably the short one on me, huh? Yeah. Mm.
1: And it'd be one of those where somehow Angie would get iced out and we'd have to sort of go fund me for her.
0: Yeah, there'd be a lawsuit. <laughs> there'd be lawsuits and things, but that's what I want. I want chaos when I die. So so that's that's episode one. Next, we're talking about the Playboy years. Spoiler alert. That's what that ad in Health and Fitness Magazine was about. And that that's also, it's really the point where I start taking issue with the book that we're covering right now, which is called Big Beautiful Doll, the Anna Nicole Smith story. And, that and be, it's really shitty authors. Yes. But for now, that's our episode. This was fun. Yeah, it was good. It's a good first episode. I'm excited about this podcast. I'm excited about who we're going to cover
1: in the future. I'm excited mm-hmm. about talking about Anna Nicole Smith more. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think just if you're in Burbank, you shouldn't stop by West Coast Loins. Stop by West Coast Loins. I one, get one free on Wednesdays. Give us good ratings
0: and reviews on Yelp. Give this podcast good ratings and reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you'll be submitted to win an autographed copy
0: of the Anna Nicole show. Season mm-hmm. one DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.